You are listening to the Doc Doc Goose Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Doc Doc Goose podcast. My name is Sean Palmer. I am one of your docs. This is Benjamin Imes. He is your other doc. Still a doctor. Still excited to be here. And back to his normal spot in the rotation because he couldn't handle being introduced first is our goose, Matt Imes. Heyo! <laughs> honk, honk. Honk, honk, honk. It has been a while. It is so good to be back with you all. This is one of our odd-numbered episodes, so of course we all know what that means. Wait, what does it mean? I, I have no idea what that means. Well, if you guys don't, it's going to be hard for the audience to know. This means health articles. Oh! It's odd-numbered? I know, it's been a while. is odd. I got it. Quick note on our affiliate end, really quick, before we get into those articles, um, to catch up the audience in case you've been trying to use those discount codes from the wonderful people that we work with, uh, you'll might have find that one of them isn't working anymore. Uh, Groove Life, they didn't fire us. They fired all their affiliates. So <laughs> good, news, good news for us. Um, <laughs> Groove Life ended their affiliate program a couple months ago. Um, we just have not recorded since that happened. So wanted to let you guys know that if you go on GrooveLife.com, though we fully believe in their products, we love their products, we're wearing their products actually right now. A ring and a belt. Um, still go check them out. Just use some other coupon code except for the one that we have previously advertised because it does not work. Sorry about that. Um, we are still affiliates with Rad though. So if you go and check out their foam rollers and trigger point release tools they are still awesome i use them in clinic all the time go check them out at radroller.com and you can use the code ddg15 that's ddg15 for 15 percent off you will not be disappointed and they ship super quick otherwise we'll talk to you about another affiliate later in the show we do need to hit our disclaimer before we go too much further yeah that's important it's very important Yes, we wouldn't want anybody out there getting confused. So, to start off with, just by listening to us, we appreciate your online listening. But that does not mean that we are establishing any sort of physician-patient, PT-patient, architect-client relationship with any of you. This show is purely for educational and mild amusement purposes only. We do not allow any of that establishing of medical care uh, on this podcast. Also, um, if you feel like any of your symptoms match something we're describing, please do not take what we're saying as medical advice. Please go talk to your own physician, your own architect, or your own physical therapist if you have concerns. Uh, and finally, the views expressed on here, while oftentimes hilarious and rather opinionated, do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our employers. I think that should 
completely absolve us of any possible responsibilities. Let's hope. I hope so. And if there's anything we missed, we're not responsible for that either. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. We, we barely verify that we are going to provide you with accurate information. So um, take it all with a grain of salt. Uh, so comment and a question. Uh, first, the comment, um, are people allowed to be more than mildly entertained? Uh, that's the baseline. Actually, that's a question. That's another. I'm sorry, I had two questions. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you're 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 allowed. We'll give you two. Um, and also, what if my pipes are leaky? Who should I talk to? Oh, it sounds like a plumber. <laughs> I didn't specify which pipes. Uh, oh. that's true. Um, organ pipes. You may want to talk to an organist. Um, your tobacco pipe. You may want to talk to. I don't actually know who would fix that. I don't either. Anybody? Nobody's got anything. Great. So, yeah. if you if you at home know who to go to for smoking pipes, please let us know. Perfect. Contact at ddgpodcast.com. <laughs> we would appreciate some help. If your internal pipes though are leaking, see your physician. Uh. Yes, please. Who will send you to a proctologist. <laughs> oh, Yay! Rough. All right. Without further ado, Dr. Imes, I am waiting with bated breath to see what you brought for us today. All right. Well, today, this is another one of those articles. I, I'm just so disappointed in everything that I read nowadays because everybody's filled with clickbait. And so I'm going to start off with some clickbait. Listen to this health article, and you may prevent yourself from getting old and fragile. Find out a doctor's secret coming up next. Doesn't that sound good? That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm that nice. sounds really good. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the trouble is, this health article, um, which originally came in the journal Nutrients, a very well-respected journal, I suppose, uh, and then picked up on medical news today. I talked about very high doses of vitamin D. And their tagline was vitamin D, high doses of vitamin D may delay frailty in old age. Uh, so this was kind of a fun article in that um, they really tried to pick apart this, this study that was put together in nutrients and apply it to humans. However, this article in nutrients actually only worked on mice. So that, that's all they were trying to apply this to was mice. Uh, and then these guys kind of took it and ran with it. So um, I got to tell you, though, as I was reading through the mice article, this was pretty amazing what they did to these mice. So they separated them into three groups. Okay. We've got a group of mice that got um, very low doses of vitamin D, so suboptimal. We got a group that got about normal amounts of vitamin D. And then we got a group that got super high doses. Okay. Um and then they they would run them through this uh, this training course to see if they could um, how they did as the study went along. So they had uh, like five different things that they would study them on, but one of them, let's see, let's see if I can find out what they call this. They call it the uh, they called it the grip strength test. I'm glad you're addressing this because I already had questions about how they measured this in mice. Right? I, I mean, I'm reading through this and I'm like, how do you decide how strong a mouse's grip strength is? 
So what they do is they take these mites parallel to the floor. So I just imagine they're just kind of lying down. They have them hold on to this like bar with, with their little hands and they just kind of pull the bar away on either end of the mice and just kind of stretch the mouse until it loses its grip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And then as soon as the mouse loses its grip and falls, then, uh, you know, it's done. Then, it's done. <laughs> then they have the inverted grip endurance test where they have the mouse kind of hold on to this upside down, this, this wire on just parallel to the floor. And then they flip the whole contraption over and it just hangs there like a bat <laughs> until, until it falls off. <laughs> and, um, and they, they give them all, all uh, at least three attempts to try and reach a total of 15 seconds, but they all get to fall off. Um, they threw them on a treadmill and, uh, and let them go. Uh, what else? Oh, and there's this other one called a rotor rod assessment. And it's where they like put them on this little tiny uh, wheel, I guess. And they start, it, it starts speeding up on its own. And they speed it up from five uh, revolutions per minute up to 40 revolutions per minute. And then they just wait until they fall off. <laughs> or, or there, there are two reasons where they stopped it. <laughs> when they fall off or if they just grab onto the wheel and just spin around at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I got to imagine this is kind of a fun thing to do. They're like, oh, there goes Jerry. He's flipping around twice again. Call it a day. <laughs> uh, but they, these guys got the good one. They they bought one of these uh, rotor rods uh, that can do five mice at a time. So they set them all on there. This is like a $10,000 equipment. Uh, I wanted to see what how much they cost because, you know, how fun is that? Um, I feel like that could – could uh, I feel like that could mess with their, their results though because you have five on at a time and, like, one falls off and, like, takes more with them. Doesn't that – Conf- no, no. For ten thousand dollars, you get dividers. <laughs> so if one falls off, he stays all on his own little lane. <laughs> wow! This is a five-lane mouse rotor rod. But, but, uh... but, well, <laughs> even at that, I want to know were the dividers see through or not? Because you know, like if you're running at the gym on a treadmill and the person next to you falls <laughs> off, and you look at them, your okay. odds are a lot higher of doing the same thing. So okay. I want to know: does that screw up their results or not? We're also going to put a link in the notes because I've got the whole thing, so you can buy one of your own. It's actually no. pretty much—it's pretty much eleven thousand dollars. You can use. What? They have a free disc. <laughs> they have free shipping, and um, you can I have. So with that, you can use a discount code to take five percent off your total purchase. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, it still comes to about ten thousand dollars, but it is opaque dividers in between. It's pretty impressive. Anyway, wow. none of that has a whole lot to do with how to um, what what happened with the studies. So um, the trouble is, their studies kind of it was only about a four month long study. Uh, it looked at these doses of vitamin D, and they could say that there were some trends one way or the other, but overall it didn't really seem to make a whole lot of difference, uh, except maybe in some of this grip strength. Um, but again, there was very much overlap between the mice, and so. Uh, again, this, their study that was originally put out was just kind of looking to see, does this vitamin D do what we want it to do? Uh, maybe there's some correlation there. But then, uh, you know, the Medical News Today uh, article kind of took their study and just said, hey, let's apply this to humans. And I, you just can't do that. And that's that's what always gets me is like everybody's always ready to jump on these these early studies and then say, here, let's apply this to humans. Um, really, I don't know if you can take that from from what the mouse 
mouse study was, but, uh, uh, you know, some good things here, uh, maybe 4,000 international units, uh, it's okay. Um, that's kind of the upper limit, um, per day that we're recommending right now. Uh, as we get older, we really recommend a minimum of 2000 international units of vitamin D for older adults. So for those over 65, um, and there is some issue with vitamin D toxicity. So you don't want to go over 4,000 international units a day. Um, so that, that may be kind of where you can go with this, this uh, article, but I don't know if you can take a whole lot more away from it. So then question. Yeah. yeah. So you get vitamin D from the sun, correct? So um, not really. Um, so vitamin D is uh, an essential nutrient. So you have to take it in, but the sun helps convert it into a more usable form. Gotcha. Is really what we're seeing. And what are what are some of the big uh, contributors or everyday um, intakes of vitamin D? Uh, a lot of food is supplemented with vitamin D. So folks who drink milk, milk is always supplemented with vitamin D. It's really nice. Um, but your red meats, um, your breakfast cereals, your fish. All those have really good ways of getting it. Uh, egg yolks. Um, if you're vegetarian, I don't know how you get vitamin D. Do if you're vegetarian. Don't bananas. Or am I, I off? I honestly I'm don't know. I, I think that's going to be a quick uh, Google search there. Uh, bananas and vitamin D. But uh, are you are you a big banana eater? <laughs> Uh, I but, eat bananas. Yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> bananas actually have zero international units of vitamin D uh, uh, in your typical banana. So how about just national units? I don't care about the international ones. I want the national units. Just, you want the national ones? Yeah. Uh, that would be micrograms and that would also be zero. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Sorry. You're welcome. You're awesome. That, that's a great question. Um, what you, you said, vitamin D toxicity. What are symptoms of vitamin D toxicity? Then you're going to get bone pain. You're going to get kidney stones, mm. uh, all these very fun things. Uh, but it's really tough to get vitamin D toxicity unless you're supplementing with high doses. I don't know anyone that says having kidney stones was a fun thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think we could go on this controversial topic that most people say kidney stones uh, hurt more than having babies. And, uh, and the way no you know thanks. that is because nobody ever says when they're done passing a kidney stone, hey, let's have another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right? So, oh. You're welcome for that. <laughs> anyway, that's my health article today. Uh, mice, vitamin D, it may help as you get older, but the jury is still out. However... It may make those mice hang onto that wire a little bit longer when they're flipped upside down if you throw some vitamin D at them. In, in trying to take a, a page out of Dr. Rhymes' uh, speed reading uh, journal oh, and yeah. look through this, um, I see that, that they had five characteristics that they laid out, okay, um, that, that they judge these mice off of. So unexpected weight loss, weak grip strength, low levels of physical activity, slow walking speed, and self-reported exhaustion. 
How did they report their exhaustion? <laughs> so <laughs> I like that question. Uh, so that that was uh, your normal definition of frailty. What they actually used in the study was they, um, they I, I don't really love this way, but they actually took uh, mice and let them kind of run free in this open area. And they used lasers to track the mice and see how many different grids the mice crossed and how many different times they moved around. And so, I mean, I, I, I get that, you know, but at the same time, like if a mice is, if a mice, if a mouse is feeling particularly lazy that day, it's not going to cross a whole bunch. And I don't think that has a whole lot to do with its, uh, its frailty level. So, um, yeah, but the mice, the mice were not ha- having to push a button saying that they were. I, I Yeah. I like, I, okay. I, I get that's a good way to study their exhaustion, but it self-reported. <laughs> maybe we don't word it that way. Right, this right. Report means maybe not you say something. You communicate something. Exactly. That's just what got exactly. me. Yeah. Um, my my only other comment is that if I if I measured grip strength in my patients that same way they did, my days would be a lot more interesting. And oh, I'm actually yeah. going to figure out a way to con- to concoct that in uh, in human studies now. <laughs> um, yeah. Just slowly pull them up and let them hold on to something until they fall. That's, that's great. Well, and the one that flips around. <laughs> oh yeah. The flipping around one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure six flags is going to buy that, that patent from us after we figured that one out. <laughs> it, it seems a lot like a, uh, one of those, uh, what's that Jacob's ladder at the, uh, like Renaissance festival, you know, the thing that you climb up and it's got suspended on one on two ends. It's a little ladder and the kids are always, and as soon as you climb on it, it flips over and drops you off into a pile of hay. Do you know what I'm talking about? You guys there. Oh, well, fine. Um, anybody who's ever been to like a state fair or Renaissance festival knows what a Jacob's ladder is. So thanks for being too cultured for the rest of us, you guys. <laughs> Great article. So unfortunately we don't know the, uh, the effects in humans of this. Yeah. Jerry's still a little bit out on vitamin D, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a good thing for you, but maybe not pushing it crazy, crazy high levels is, is what we need to do yet. <laughs> I'm reading the road to rod ad. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Oh, yeah. It's a, if you see this thing, <laughs> it's a mechanical detection of falls. I think if you're looking at a mouse, it looks like the mouse just like he falls, he just flips straight off and like goes backwards just like if he's on a treadmill it's like i don't think you can mechanically detect that you just watch it whichever mouse like <laughs> cannons out there you hope that one's down oh there's another one out yep yeah <laughs> we'll be sure cool. to post that in case anyone wants to buy their own i'm also fully advocating that uh, doc doc goose uh tried to make our own one of these and sell them for the great price of ten thousand five hundred. Oh yeah, if we could just put it's a, a little bit of a discount on this, this would be pretty amazing. Yeah. It makes great Christmas presents. <laughs> I would imagine. Jeez. Thanks, Ben. Goose, what do you got? What do I have? So this is old news, but this came out in August 20th. And this is, the title is Florida Mosquitoes. 750 million genetically modified insects to be released. Wow. So this article talks about uh, genetically modified mosquitoes um, being released in Florida Keys as well as Texas next year. And so um, 
They've already been released in Brazil, and uh, there's a lot of outcry that there, this could have some adverse effects, <laughs> and it may not be a good idea. <laughs> but the reasoning behind it is uh, they're genetically modified, meaning they're all male mosquitoes that have been altered so that... Um, they have a gene that gets passed on to any offspring, just female offspring, that basically kills the female once it gets ready to start reproducing. And so, so this was educational for me because I didn't realize only female mosquitoes bite or draw blood. What? Yeah. You know, so that makes male... way more sense when we dig into this than know. anyone so, really knows. So the male mosquitoes, <laughs> little background, I, I'm new to this info, but the male mosquito has no need for blood um, from a host or another, um, another organism, I guess, uh, because obviously it's not reproducing. And so only female needs it. So... Uh, the idea about this is, yeah, let's alter all the genes of the males. Let's send them out to go start reproducing with the females out there. But the new babies, any female babies, will die a certain lifespan once they start getting ready to reproduce. So, um, wow. yeah. So the the... I guess the whole point of this is not to reduce the amount of biting, which kind of is the point, but more to stop the spread of diseases. So spread of dengue fever, uh, malaria, anything that gets uh, passed on by mosquitoes. Wow. So this is going to eradicate mosquitoes. Uh, Eventually. That would be the case, yes. So, because if the females die before they reproduce, then yes, eventually it could eradicate. Uh, also, um, I like that that they've that they actually said that they've released over a billion mosquitoes over the years. A billion mosquitoes. Thanks for telling us. Yeah, that's that's impressive. That's this is a lot of mosquitoes. I. I don't even know if I could count to 750 million. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah. Right? I don't even so, know how they count. They right. They probably just say, oh, there's 10, there's 100. <laughs> They've already released that many in previous years? Over the years, yeah. And so it looks like uh, maybe the ones only in Brazil, they don't really say where they've released them. Oh. But they says that over the years, they've already released over a billion of their mosquitoes. <laughs> I I was looking at one of the links of it is, is that they've actually put out public polls on uh, what people think about the, the uh, genetically modified mosquitoes and people are very split on that. So it would be funny to me if they'd done a poll about what people think about this happening, if they'd already released like billions. 
See if I, like, what do you guys think of this? Should we do it? No? Uh, uh, maybe we shouldn't tell you how many we've already released. Yeah. Well, let's so, see if we can get those back in the bag. Yeah. yeah one, one of the comments of those polls was that people are worried this is a Jurassic Park experiment. So it shows you how much the media just affects people's thinking. Uh, also, I feel like uh, mosquitoes are slightly smaller than some of those dinosaurs. Exactly. We're not creating dinosaurs <laughs> here, people. We're creating Wait. little insects that are less harmful than the other insects. Right. Right. Yeah, this is, wow, Jurassic yeah. Park experiment. I love that. People yeah. are ridiculous. Fear, 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 fear. I- I'm trying to think. Is there... <sighs> And I don't expect either of you to have the the answer to this question. Um, but in some of this, if you're looking to eradicate a species, I'm just trying to think: is there anything positive that mosquitoes do? Hmm. hmm. It's usually the first question that would come up if you're looking to eradicate a species: is is there something that is dependent on them to be here? And what is the the effect of that going to be? Like I said, I didn't expect an answer, but that's my quandary we'll look that up for a previous or a I, I think, future episode. I think one, of, one of the things that i can think of off the top of my head is like they're food for other creatures mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah right so but they're not the only food for other creatures right but if you have yeah no no i, I would agree but if you have 750 million of these in the florida keys that they're releasing right um Whoever's eating these is now going to be a little bit sad that there's not that many out there anymore. I don't, I don't know. Correct. And I think similar to bees, it says mosquitoes pollinate flowers. Oh, interesting. So, really? Um, well, well yeah. then might we need them around? Because if the uh, murder hornets kill off the bees, oh, geez. we need something to pollinate the flowers. Do you guys know what, uh, so it says they help filter detritus for plant Detritus. Detritus. What's that? That's plant arthritis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Thank you, all of you, biomedical and other chemical. Anybody else who studies any sort of life, please don't stop. Nobody that smart listens to us. Come on. Okay, good point. All right. Yeah, exactly. Plant arthritis. Exactly right. (laughs) Detritus is like the dead plant material that kind of like falls to the ground. Oh, so I guess mosquitoes eat that. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's important. At least the males do. The females eat your blood. Thanks. Well, that's, that's great. So this is happening in 2021, 750 million genetically modified insects, GMIs, if you will. Right yeah. Now. So if you want to experience it, go to Florida Keys. <laughs> um, it didn't specify what part of Texas, but I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah. And then just stand out there, see if any mosquitoes come. But, but theoretically, these ones aren't going to bite you. Yeah. True. It's going to be yeah. great. It's going to be a good day. They're just going to be flying all around. Yeah. That's fantastic. <clears throat> Thanks, Matt. Sure. Oh, here's the line. It says, we have, uh, there is no potential risk to environment or humans. 
Which, so, I mean, there's I no way. Cares. Of course they're going to say that. They're the there's, ones releasing the mosquitoes. Yeah, there's so. always potential risk, <laughs> right? If 750 million mosquitoes fly down your throat, that is dangerous. Matt, I don't care how small they are. I, I, I don't know if that's I read. a potential risk. I think that's an assured risk. <laughs> assured death if 750 million fly down your throat. Right. Well, I'm just saying that's not guaranteed to happen, but that's a potential risk, right? Like if I run out there in the middle of this releasing storm and I swallow all these mosquitoes or, you know, aspirate all these mosquitoes, I'm dead. Hopefully they warn people or say, hey, we're doing it over in this area. Stay inside for an hour. (laughs) Otherwise, that'd be scary. Just see all these mosquitoes, even if they're not biting you. You just see yeah. a swarm of mosquitoes flying in the air. Yeah. I, I, I would actually like to see that. I hope they do like a, like a live stream of that. <laughs> I, I just wonder how many 750 mos- million mosquitoes, you know, what, what does that look like? Yeah. It's probably like size of a fist. Just <laughs> fly around in a fist. <laughs> I mean, they're not that big. So. Yeah. All right. But 750 million of them. That's a different story. Like I, we we need to watch closely to see like, does a news report come out that day to say like, it's like the beginning of a plague or something that the sun has gone black, you know, so we know not to like head for the hills. Oh my goodness! I think just to mess with people, they should do it on November third. <laughs> oh boy. Thank right, you, um, Maddie. Well done. Um, those of you turn. in Florida or Texas, we want to hear from you in the future for how that goes. Um, obviously, we know that a lot of the research going on out there over the last couple of months has to do with out, uh, around a specific topic, which we have thankfully not brought up so far in this episode. Um but there is some good research still happening outside of that. And uh, there are a lot of things going on that we need to recognize happens that sometimes that uh, we just lose sight of. So um, I think it's important that we dive into this topic and that is dealing with memory loss in our pets. (laughs) Did did you say in our pets? I'm joking. That's not my article. I'm not, but I read that and I couldn't. Uh, basically, apparently, pets have memory loss too. Oh, well, pets with Alzheimer's. No, that is not my article. We're not. We're not going into that. Um, well, we are staying on the topic of mental health, though, because ah. uh, part of my intro was real and authentic in that there are lots of things that we uh, sometimes negate, uh, and we don't put a ton of um, thought into, pardon the pun, and that's our mental health. Um, So this article is entitled, These Habits Are Endangering Your Mental Health. Subtitle is, You're Killing Your Mental Health and You Don't Even Know It. (laughs) (laughs) This appeared in Newsweek. Um, It goes through at least five different things. And, And... I wouldn't have brought this article if these are things that, that were like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Uh-huh. Um, but 
it, it brings up some stuff that I had been struggling with uh, lately as well and have, have figured out in the last year and some other things I, I didn't know, some of the studies behind. So let's dive right into this. Um, it does make a note. This is not one of the main things it brings up, but it does make a note of all the detrimental effects of uh, social media and it does link to uh, two sites that talk about all that with the feelings of inadequacy about life or appearance, FOMO, fear of missing out, feelings of isolation, depression, anxiety, cyberbullying, self-absorption. Oh, goodness. You could do full articles on that. I'm sure other people have. Um, so we'll just set that part to the side for a second. Now, I've been told over the past, this is their point number one, that venting out ill feelings was a positive thing. Well, didn't we do a didn't we do a, an actual podcast on this where we did uh, swearing helps you deal with pain and stress longer, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, this is slightly different in that it's like getting together with someone and talking about something negative, getting negative feelings off your chest. Okay. Um, so that's something that that over the years I've been told is. A good thing. Maybe you guys have heard that too. Oh, venting's a good thing. Vent to someone right. about, about your ill feelings. Studies are actually showing that might not really be what you want. Um, really? They link to an article in Science Direct that is called Co-Ruminating, or talking about negative issues, increases stress hormone levels in women. So the article talked about they, they found that um, basically changed cortisol levels. And people, when they when they got together and talked to talk through their negative feelings, um, so it's turning out that science might say that's not such a good thing. So maybe focus really, on positive things and not negative things when you talk to your friends. I would think also it really depends on who you're venting to, because each person's going to take that differently. So one person may encourage you, "Hey, you're doing the right thing. Keep going." The other person may be like, "Uh." Maybe, maybe look at something else or think about doing this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally true. Um, you know, maybe this type of thing you're talking about is when the two girls get together, you know, they're like, Becky, look at her, butt. it is so huge. They just spur each other (laughs) on. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Mix a lot for for those words of wisdom. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, so anyway, there may be studies out there saying that getting together and having these full venting sessions that do not have a positive spin on it, which is, I believe, what, what Matt's saying, is someone to, to be able to put a positive spin on, talking about give context to a situation, trying to change an attitude. Maybe it's not such a good thing to just get together and uh, have bad attitudes about something and vent your bad attitude about something. Hmm. 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 Um, moving on too much self deprecation is number two. And they found an article, uh, again, is from science direct, which is where a lot of articles are published. Um, the effects of self construal, self criticism and self compassion on depressive symptoms. Um, so being too hard on yourself, it gets you in the cycle of, of negative talk and also, um, is 
you believe, start to believe those things about yourself over time. Um, so we can even go into, I'll give a personal example. So anyone out there who, who likes the Enneagram, um, it's been something that I've studied a lot in the last year. Um, and I think has a lot of truth behind it. Uh, so I'm a, a type one on Enneagram. So one of the main characteristics of a type one is being very hard on yourself and having an, an internal critic that is always telling you that you've done something wrong and you're not good enough. Whatever you're doing is not, is not up to par. Um, so it's something that, that I struggle with. Um, so it's important for each of us to figure out whether that's a part of your, your personality trait or not to not get stuck in that, to talk positively to yourself, give yourself a pep talk in the mirror, surround yourself with positive quotes. You are enough. Mm. You are loved. Yeah, that's good. I think, I think if, uh, that, that's, you know, besides Enneagram ones who, who struggle with that, but yeah, just hearing that day in and day out that if you have that self-doubt talk, I, you can't do this. You're not good enough. If you're hearing it from yourself or other people, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Eventually you're going to mess up and then you're like, oh, I was right all along or those people were right all along. Um, yeah. What a, what a, that's a tough way to live life. Mm-hmm. Um, number three on the list is checking your phone way too much. Uh, uh, mm. Yeah. This is something that I have had to deal with a lot this year. And I've had <laughs> some hard talks with my phone, uh, some uh, DTR talks. We've defined the relationship on several occasions. That's uh, smart. Yeah. Smart. And, and you're still together? <laughs> We're still together, but we have healthy boundaries now. Oh, good. It knows not to bother me at certain times, and it knows that I will not bother it at, at certain times. You must have a smartphone. Uh, 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 <laughs> I like what you did there. Oh. Um, so for, for me, I've, I've turned off um, like work notifications. Both the uh, notification would come up on, on that I have an email and even the bubble that says I have waiting emails. Wow. When I'm home, I don't care. I yeah. will see you tomorrow. If it's an emergency, you can call or text me. If it is an email, I will deal with it when I get to work. But it is not going to come home with me. Nice. What, what they talked about in this, in this link uh, that they have is that we actually get these hits of dopamine by checking it. And so actually we start looking to our phone, like when we're just constantly like checking it Oh, check it, check it. Oh, is, is there, oh, is there an, did someone like my Instagram? Did someone comment on my Facebook thing? Uh, is there a, a small issue at work that I can, that I can fix real quick? These are hits of dopamine that we are getting addicted to instead of dealing with negative feelings ourselves. So actually what he's saying is that, that we start almost dealing with our negative feelings by checking our phone and hoping there's something that's going to change our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learn to deal with that yourself, but through natural means, not by looking at your phone to do it. And then we start getting depressed because someone didn't like that post. We, we didn't get those numbers we wanted. We don't have that, that, that quick you know, email issue to, to deal with. Yeah. Also, uh, a big part of checking the phone uh, as it relates to mental health is uh, people who are checking the phone or watching the other things like computer screen or whatever too close to bedtime. Mm-hmm. That's a big issue. 
Um, and I'll get into that in a, in a future point here. Um, but as it relates to the phone, that blue light is uh, inhibiting the release or the, the production of melatonin, which is going to help you go to sleep and stay asleep. Um, I, I'd heard, hear people, I think Tom Brady's one of the, the people I've heard in, a couple of years ago, it says that don't even bring the, the phone into the bedroom. They, they leave it outside because, because it, it affects sleep. I'm like, man, you're crazy. How do you do that? And over this last year, I'm like, hey, you're onto something, my friend. You, you got it. It, yeah. it also reduces the amount of sex you have. I heard as as well. Yes, which is you know, I'll tell you as uh, as a physician, and I deal with insomnia all the time uh, in my patients and in myself. Keeping uh, the phone and the TV out of the bedroom that's a huge thing, man. Mm-hmm. huge thing and i i i have since i've really implemented this i've seen a huge difference in my sleep really huge um my body actually feels tired and wants to go to sleep and i'm not waking up as much during the night and i'm getting actually restful sleep throughout the night and there's some days where i become a little bit too confident about this and i'll get on the phone like ah it'll, it'll be okay for just a little bit and i'll wake up in the middle of the night and, and I know exactly what it is because every time I do that, um, so, I, so I've seen, <laughs> I've seen those effects and obviously if you don't get, get a good sleep, it, it affects your next day. Yeah. Well, since, since Matt said, I'll skip over to, to point number five, one other detriment to your sleep is doing your next day to do list in bed. And the first line is as an adult, your bed has two main purposes, sleep and sex. And nothing else should be done in the bed apart from that. So he he's even taking the phone thing a step further and saying, you shouldn't even be like writing next day to do lists or doing anything work related, checking emails, anything from your bed, because then your mind starts associating your bed with something other than relaxing behaviors like sleep or sex. Which I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know about you guys, but like if I ever go to like my, my parents' house, for or uh somebody else's house for like a, a family get together sleeping on somebody else's couch like for like after thanksgiving like i always get a great nap on on like the couch post thanksgiving meal and i think it's because i've never used that couch for being active i've never used it for uh, you know playing on my phone i don't associate with anything so i can sleep on that couch and i don't get interrupted at all my body's like yep this is a great place for sleeping have you, you know had sex about? on our parents' couch, Ben? Oh my god! Why? Why? Why is I knew that you were going to jump there? No. <laughs> oh gosh! I just I, I, I thought it was looking a little spotted. <laughs> <laughs> it felt sticky the last time like I saw. Oh, oh. <laughs> you could have gone with the springs or you know, lumpy, <laughs> but then you go to sticky and spotted. Really? Often areas. Uh, sticky and spotted. Yeah, it is, it is true, though. Like, yeah, <laughs> go, going to a parent's house, um, you definitely just feel at ease and you feel like you just like fall asleep right away. Yeah. There's, there's no worries, nothing to think about. And yeah. I do want to put a disclaimer on, on, on Ben's statement though, that maybe the tryptophan in the Turkey may also have a little bit to do with wine, take a nap after you eat Thanksgiving meal. Just saying. Okay. I'm going to say hundred percent, mostly no. 
right? So the tryptophan is converted eventually into melatonin once it gets brought into the body, but it's at such low levels. You'd have to eat like three or four turkeys um, at least in one sitting by yourself to get enough tryptophan to make you uh, get the tryptophan converted into melatonin to make you feel sleepy. It's probably also just the the matter of you actually ate a huge meal now sitting in your stomach and you're going into rest and digest mode. So there's a little bit, I agree, the tryptophan, there's maybe a little extra melatonin, but really you've gone into rest and digest mode. You're full, you're healthy. Well, not maybe not healthy. You're full, but you're happy. And you've got a place that you can relax that you don't associate with work. Mm-hmm. 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 The last thing he brings up, point number five, is overspending. Has negative effects on your health. Um, so he linked to a site that says, which is the Money and Health Money and Mental Health Policy Institute. Oh, there's an institute for that? Yeah. We gotta create right. our own institute. That's that's my to. bucket list now. Create institute. Um people with problem debt are significantly more likely to experience mental health problems. Forty six percent of people in problem debt which they define problem debt as I'm just going to say really bad debt. Cause I don't see what, how they define problem debt. So a lot of debt, <laughs> Okay, 46% of people in problem debt also have a mental health problem. 86% of respondents to a money and health survey, nearly 5,500 people with experience of mental health problems said that their financial situation had made their mental health problems worse. Really? Almost one in five people with mental health problems are in problem debt. 72% of respondents to the survey said their mental health problems had made their financial situation worse. So then they have, they, they have some uh, mental health problems. They go to spend to make themselves feel better. That makes their financial health worse, which then makes their mental health worse. Because then they figure out afterwards, that didn't make me feel better. Oh yeah, I mean you get that that dopamine high when you when you spend money. I mean it's great, but yeah, there can be consequences. Just, just temporary, and you temporary. think, oh, I'll be happy when I have that thing, and then it just yeah. doesn't work out so well for you. Mm. Unless I think I think what if Amazon did that where it allows you to buy things, but it cancels like ninety percent of what you buy, <laughs> so you get the pleasure of like, oh yeah, I just bought this. But you don't know what's actually coming. (laughs) You can buy you can buy a hundred things, but ninety of them are not actually going to make it to you. Oh my goodness! I think that would help my mental health. (laughs) Or like, there's one more question throws up. It's like, do do you really need this? Are you buying this because you think it's going to make you happy? It won't. But it sends you that question like a day later. (laughs) Are you sure you still want this? Did you sleep on it? You slept on it. Okay. So there are his five points. Do you have another one? No, I like that. That's great. That's great. And I think all good. of us are having uh, having some mental health issues with this current pandemic that's going on. Thank you, COVID, for ruining everything. There's a pandemic? I, what? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> there are some people who claim that it has been defeated. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's quite true yet. <laughs> oh, gosh but we're not going to get into politics. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I'm glad you chose that article. 
And then there is one little tidbit down here at the end of the article too, is that talking about how a lot of our mental health issues are driven by anxiety. And and that's kind of an underlying tone of a lot of things that we brought up. Um, so a, a last point that they have on there is uh, actually using how effective CBD can be at reducing your anxiety, which will uh, which will have positive effects for your mental health. Which guess what? What we have an outlet for you to try CBD. And see if it does help. That's amazing. Um, tell me more. <laughs> I I can just tell you in, in all seriousness. Um, I I have uh, actually been using the CBD products that that we've been talking about um, in, in the last couple of episodes, uh, ever since episode sixteen, which is about CBD. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you knew he's been using the CBD products? Just kidding. I'm going to send you some. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> uh, especially what I've been in using the last uh, in the last month and a half is uh, is the uh, the sleep aid from Pros called Nods, and then the oh, yeah. Shield, uh, which is like the daily tincture, which has a lot of immunity boosting properties, and then um, and then CBD in it. Um, so I do the shield in the morning. I do nods at night and I've done it for several weeks to see really what impact it would make. And I can tell you it's profound, um, how much less anxiety I felt, which I'm, I'm, a, I'm a type a person. I can get there. Um, I've had a lot going on in the last two months and I, I just can't reach that level of anxiety that I used to, that I used to reach. Um, I really think it has something to do with helping me sleep better too. Um, which part of CBD, one of the things that it does, the main thing that it does, it acts on, it, it, if you want more of these details, you can go back to that episode 16, which is on CBD, which uh, the owner of Pros did a really good job at, at outlining. CBD's main purpose is to act on the endocannabinoid system in our body, which is just to regulate all of our other um, processes in our body, all the other uh, systems. So for me, I can say being consistent with it, using some great products has really done a, a great work and not only keep my anxiety down, but also helping me sleep at night. Um, so I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. And, and I'll tell you, Sean, I, um, I use the, uh, the gum that they have and I love it too. On days that I know that I'm going to be like super stressed out, I'll choose some of that gum in the morning and I, it just, it does help with the anxiety. I I'm totally with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maddie. I, I, I still stick to the old fashioned hot bubble bath. Mm. With some jasmine in there and that's some salt. No, I throw, I throw CBD in there. Oh. <laughs> just straight hemp. You just throw it right in. Yep. Yep. Like hemp a, in there. like a hemp yeah. soup. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Does not sound good actually. that's cool that's cool yeah that's great so we can't tell you enough how much these products help and i understand there's a lot of trepidation getting into cbd stuff for people don't understand it again shameless plug go back to episode 16 and listen to it because the more you know the, the the more you understand that it's it's safe it's effective 
It's not hallucinogenic, which people think CBD and THC, they're the same thing. They're not. Uh, Go back and listen to episode 16. So if you want to jump in and try those products, pros.com. So P-R-O-Z-E.com. Or you can go to our website at ddgpodcast.com. We have a link there. You can go see it. Also links on all of our social media accounts. And you can use the promo code DDG15 to get 15% off your order. Also, we're going to give away a bottle of this wonderful thing called Shield that I just said I've been using, which is one of their most popular products. So it not only gives you immunity every day because it has a lot more than just CBD in it. It's kind of like a multivitamin, but on steroids, not actual steroids. There's not actually steroids in the product. Asterisk next to this. Please don't blame us or them. There are no steroids in the product anywhere. It it gives you immunity from what? Coronavirus? No, 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 no. (laughs) Nothing prevents you from coronavirus, except for vitamin D, as long as you don't get in toxicity levels. (laughs) Oh, geez. I just bring it all the way around. I just saw Ben's anxiety spike with me saying that. Uh, pop in uh, some uh, cbd pills uh, right now some watch. gum He's just watch your hands people <laughs> what <you gotta> do. <laughs> um but has lots of natural things to help increase your immunity just like multivitamins but also has this cbd in it which is amazing at regulating the systems in your body so indeed head to our website to enter ddgpodcast.com and also watch our social media channels instagram twitter are at the DDG podcast and on Facebook, I guess you just search for us. Doc, mm. Doc goose. You'll find us. We're there. Um, always watching, always watching. So <laughs> always honking. <laughs> <laughs> so go sign up for your chance to win this. This is a $90 bottle. These wow. aren't cheap. That's a- Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Oh. Is it wow. 90? I think that one's 90. I think I'm remembering the right thing. Get <laughs> yourself. Hold on. I'm fact checking myself. Oh, boy. But it's so expensive because it's so good. It changes your life. I didn't want it to work, to be clearly honest. I did not want it to work <laughs> because I knew it was expensive. <laughs> I didn't want to tell myself, oh, yeah, I should, I should, I, I need that every month. Yes, it's $90 for a bottle of Shield. I didn't want to tell myself that I need every month. Guess what? I'm two months in. I need it. Oh, man. Immunity. No more coronavirus. Wow, that sounds amazing. Please go back to our future disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. So, Shield, get in there. Enter for your chance to win. Everyone, I have no idea what's going to come up on the next episode. But it's coming. But we are going to record it a lot faster than this previous one was recorded. Because there's like three months. And we're going to record it at 2x speed. Ooh, an even faster podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's going to sound like chipmunks are delivering your, <laughs> your next podcast. going to be the Christmas chipmunk edition. <laughs> <laughs> we have been talking over time of how we, of how we get the, the time of our podcast that we have figured it out. <laughs> 
Next podcast will be brought to you by Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Doc Doc Goose podcast. We'll see you next time. I am Sean Palmer. I'm Dr. Benjamin Imes, and I'm encouraging you to wash your hands, keep your masks on, and take a little bit of vitamin D. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm the goose. That arms. Try the immunity stuff. Hopefully you don't catch coronavirus. Go lay in the sun. <laughs> Go lay in the sun. Don't worry that mosquitoes will bite you. At least if you're in the Florida Keys. <laughs> Please follow up if you see the mosquito releasing. We want to know. Contact at ddgpodcast.com. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Doc Doc Goose podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a review to help others discover us. Visit our website at www.ddgpodcast.com to read the show notes, blogs, view videos, and interact with the cast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the DDG Podcast. If you have an Apple device, you can easily access the podcast by saying, Hey Siri, play the Doc Doc Goose podcast. 